Hey, everybody. Welcome to the In Doubt Show. Look, we got a fantastic show for us today. We have Lee Francois. He's a pastor at a church locally here, and we're going to be talking about legalism, liberty, license, all kinds of good stuff, the ditches, the dangers, and how we can avoid them and walk on the freeway of liberty. It's going to be a great show. We hope you enjoy it. I know it's not biblical, but today I'm on a mission. My salvation credit score is pretty low these days, and so today... I'm going to earn some points with the man upstairs. Well, good morning, everybody. I got fresh bagels and Scott's honey from the rock from the island. You went all the way to Vancouver Island to bring us honey and bagels? Well, yeah, I mean, what, do they sell honey and bagels somewhere closer? What, can a guy go to the island on a ferry at 5 in the morning to get some honey and bagels for his friends at work so he could earn some salvation credit scores so that he can be right with God and earn his way to heaven? I mean, why does everyone have to be so cynical? Hey, Andrew, we got a surprise for you. Let me guess, you ate the bagel and you loved it. Yeah, I did, yeah. But I noticed that your iPad was low on battery, so I charged it and I cleaned the screen. Thanks. Wow. Thanks. Oh no, look at Andrew. He's worried about Chris. False. I am not worried about Chris. He can try to keep up with me, but I will outdo him in good deeds by the end of the day. Stop. Let me get that for you. There you go. There you go. Make sure your hands are nice and clean. Thanks, Andrew. You can't outdo me in good deeds. Invite me to a party, bam, RSVP. Give me a gift, wapo, thank you note. I'm not worried about my salvation credit score. It's through the roof. Hey, oh wow, hey. your drawstrings are totally off. They're thank not you. centered there. Let me fix your hat. Oh wow, thank you so thing. much. Yeah, oh your glasses are just really, wow. really fun. Yeah. You probably can't even see. That's probably well, a lot I better. I can see so yeah, much better. You. Look, you're shooting these yeah. Oh wow, thank you, you, thank you. Thank you. Well, here's a health tip for you. If you clench your buttocks and walk, it actually takes the pressure off your knees. Try it. Oh. Feel free to use that anytime. Yeah. I'm going to give that a shot here. <laughs> oh, that one sounded messy. Let me take care of it for you. <gasps> Couldn't have. Ugh. I'm no closer to getting into heaven. What a waste of a day. I could have read the entire book of Jude. I know it's one page. I, I'm a slow reader. All right, well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the In Doubt Show. Look, we got a fantastic show for us today. But before we dive in to our topic with our guest today, I want to just bring some ways that you can participate in the In Doubt ministry. We had someone, a, one of our supporters, uh, generously put a pledge of $5,000. So what does that mean? He's willing to give up to $5,000 and match what we can give to $5,000. So if you give $10 today, it becomes $20. If you give $50, it becomes $100, all the way up to $5,000. And I believe we're just past halfway. And so we really appreciate your support. If you give us a one-time gift, uh, we would be so blessed. And it would be doubled today, which is pretty exciting. So we're doing that still, the match campaign. We're really grateful for your support. Also, you can become a monthly partner. In Doubt Insiders, you get behind-the-scene content. You get extra footage. We're putting together some resources for you that are specific for In Doubt Insiders, which is exciting. So you can go to indoubt.ca, and you can give there. You can sign up for that. It could be $5, $10, whatever you're comfortable with. And uh, you get 20% off our store, which you get this at 20% off, which is fantastic, our new In Doubt mugs, along with a free calendar, lots of cool stuff. And so... Uh, we would really appreciate your support with that as well. But enough of that. Chris, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. Really? You had a good weekend? Everything's yeah. good? Oh, yeah. Life is good? Life um, is great. I love these. We got these little new in doubt things on the end of our mics, and I just think it looks awesome. Like I'm they, seeing they it for the first cool. time. It looks yep. really cool. Um, you know, we just got back from Change Conference. You did. And it was yeah. a great time. Lots of young people. Yeah. And we had a, a good time connecting with people. So maybe you're watching. Comment below. Were you there? Uh, did you attend the conference? We know a lot of the people who uh, watch the program are actually in the Ontario area. Yeah. And so maybe we got to meet. So comment below. We'd love to hear from you. 
and we hope you had a great time at the conference. And that reminds me, the next conference we're going to be at is happening on November 1718. It is the Union Conference, and that's local in Abbotsford. And so if you go to theunionmovement.com, you can get yourself tickets. We're going to be there. We're actually going to be setting up kind of the in-doubt and doing like an in-doubt live, which is pretty cool, doing some Q&A with some of the guests. Oh, interesting. So it's going to be really fun. And so uh, that's Good November. Yeah, November 1718. It's going to be fantastic. So we've got a great guest in third chair with us today, and this is his first time here. And so mm-hmm. we have a theme song for him. Bear with us. It's a little bit of a longer theme song. It won't be this long every time, but we want to let him bask in the glory, if you will. But uh, so when you hear this music, when you perchance to hear a <laughs> I hope he knows this Every reference. Sunday we have Pastor Brent Smith from Riverside Calvary Chapel. <laughs> Do you know where this is from? You might not know where this is from. This way. His love it will protect you. It's not Libre. It is not Libre, but you don't. Yeah. Do you know where it is in the in the yeah. in the movie? Yep. It's the outro credits. It's the outro. No, I missed that. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, so when you get it is now that I now I now I see it. Okay. I was like, okay. If he's a true Nacho Libre yeah, fan, he would have watched. Oh, I've, till oh, I've the seen, very end. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen to the very end multiple times. That's hilarious. That song is actually called Forbidden Nectar. That is I a beautiful. A well played. Well played. played. Love it. Amazing. Nacho Libre. We share that. That is one of our favorite. Movies and Switchfoot, one of our favorite S- yes, bands. Yes, Switchfoot too. There so we go. So I think we have potential to. I mean, I, we, I'm in. We're we're in, man. I think we have crossed the line to yes. like yes to almost a whole best, other to domain best friend of, status. I think, yes, you've heard it here first, folks. I think so. I've been praying about this for a long we've time. Become best friends. Hallelujah. Okay, now Wonderful. our uh, our main guest here today, <laughs> uh, Lee Francois, all the way from Crossroads Church in Surrey, and he the first thing he asked was, "Well, do I get a theme song?" Answer. Short answer, yes. Uh, kind of. <laughs> long answer. Do we have? Do we have something? Long answer is we will see what play. I've got two options. Okay. Do you? Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you pick option one or two because I. Okay. You know what? Do option two. Okay. 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 That's that's probably a lot oh. better than option one. <laughs> okay. Now weird. I'm curious though. What was option one? <laughs> option one was. Uh, let me finish out here. <laughs> There we go. Which one like do you that. prefer? I think I actually like two. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Lee Francois in the house all the way from Surrey. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome, man. So uh, we go back uh, before Crossridge when That's we were right. working, actually with Dr. John Newfeld from Back of the Bible. You may have heard of him. Um, but uh, And then so you've planted 12 years ago. That's right. Yeah, we planted 12, yeah. uh, 12 years ago. And you're at the Clova. Cloa Theater in yep. Cloverdale. Uh, you, downtown Cloverdale. Downtown Cloverdale. I love it. And uh, Andy Fru, he le- he went with you to plant. That's and right. if you're watching Andy, because I know sometimes he watches, maybe maybe not all the time, but if you're watching Andy Fru, uh, we want to have you here. You'll get your own theme song, maybe. I don't know. Every time I bring it up to him, his topics that he wants to talk about are super inappropriate. <laughs> that sounds so like So I'm like, Andy. you know what? We're rated, you know, at least PG. <laughs> sounds like Andy. Um <laughs> No, and then you guys actually uh, yeah. go back. How long do you guys actually go back? Like, when did well, you meet? Probably four years ago. Yeah. We met. We met when. Okay. Our oldest son was at Bible College in California. Brent happened to be I there. I was down there at a conference, and I knew that his son was down there. We ended up meeting down there, and then um, yeah, our kids have, you know, gotten to be good friends and hang out together, and we've gotten to hang out cool. together and become friends and. Uh, Love playing disc golf together. So yeah, that's how you guys originally connected. That's how we well through the kids and then yeah, uh, through the kids, but and ministry and we'll 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 hit the disc yeah. golf course together and that's good right. Time. It seems kind of hard. I've never played it. Chris, have you played it before? Yeah. Oh, you got to do it. Yeah, we, we got to get you it. out there. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah, I ha- I've been invited a few times. Yeah, but I just I never had a chance to actually you turn go. it down. You got to do it. I got to do it. Um, that and best, then I, that best friend status is really going to weigh heavily on, on how good that, I do, yeah. or if I just show just up. Just if you show up, okay, I think. That, that's, that's all. That's all we need <laughs> from me. Just to show up. Yeah. No. Okay, that's good. Um, but uh, and then I bumped into you at, at Riverside, and then I bumped into you at you know just a shout out. Pastor Brent throws the most epic 
Christian parties. Luau specifically. End of the year luau's. It's amazing. (laughs) Labor Day luau. Labor Day luau. It was a good time. Um, But uh, here we all are together. That's right. Not in Hawaiian clothes, just uh, having a good time. That's it. (laughs) Um, We're talking about something really important today. We're talking about legalism, license, and liberty. And uh, speaking of his parties, we can talk right. specifically about license. Where that and, fits uh, on the spectrum. <laughs> but yeah. uh, let's first start. You know, so I want to define terms because, you know, Michelle and I, my wife, we were talking about this yesterday. And she was saying, you know, I feel like legalism is like the easiest trap to fall into for people who genuinely want to follow God and have a heart after God. You could easily start to become legalistic. So maybe before we even jump into all things... Maybe define some of the terms of what you mean when we talk about legalism, specifically license and liberty. Sure. Well, I mean, I think there's really three ways you can think about legalism. All mm-hmm. of these would be just different expressions of it. But one is just thinking the by keeping a, a set of external rules, okay. you earn favor with God. Yeah. So, I mean, I see your sign here. How's my social social credit? He, uh, he's just wondering for himself yeah. how he's doing. But, I mean, that's sort of the idea is <laughs> yeah. if, if I keep to this yeah. list of things, yeah. my favor or my status with God um, goes up. Yeah. And if I don't keep those things, you know, it goes down. Um, in its extreme form, it's a, it's a kind of works righteousness, right? right. Where, yeah. you know, in the New Testament, you read about this. I mean, uh, the letter of Galatians is, is all about this. Judaizers had come in and said, you know, unless you're circumcised according to the law of mm. Moses, you're not saved. Um, so that's sort of in its extreme form. I think the other ways that we we see it, one is, you know, you keep the letter of the law, but you miss the spirit of it. Mm. And Paul talks about that. And there's lots of examples in Jesus' ministry where the Pharisees are guilty of this thing. So Jesus will, you know, heal uh, a man with a withered hand on a Sabbath day and rather than seeing the miracle, all they can think about is in what ways did this potentially violate the Sabbath? Wow. Yep. So that, that'd that be another expression of it, that, that sort of idea. The letter is kept and you miss the spirit. And then I think the third way is where we take our rules and we add them to God's law. Um, and they kind of start to seem like those are divine things that God has told us we must do. Like extra um, rules that we just make rules, up, basically. traditions. Yep. Yep. Uh, and again, you, you see that with yep. the Pharisees, right? They had, you know, they come to Jesus and they say, look, wh- why don't your disciples wash their hands the way they're supposed to? Um, because it wasn't about hygiene. It was they had a system uh, of how you were supposed to wash your hands before you eat. Right. And Jesus basically says, look, you're elevating the traditions of man above the word of God. So that's, mm. I think those are the, the ways we really express legalism. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, would you agree that maybe like the, the original intent or the heart behind it might not be like a bad thing? It's like, oh, I just right. want to please God. Yeah. Like it comes from a heart of like, I just want to be, and then it kind of spirals quickly, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Into, I think yeah. that is the heart. Yeah. I think the heart is like, okay, God has, you know, we want to be in, in right standing with God, so yeah. let's make sure we do it. Yeah. And sometimes the easiest way we find to do it is to create a checklist and say, right. these are the things I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And even we put extra safeguards. Yeah. So you kind of, the fence is here and you say, well, I'm going to back it up here. Just to protect myself. Just to protect myself mm-hmm. so I don't even get in that situation. Yeah. And then you say, well, actually that fence is the standard. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like the, the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. It's like, what must I do to know right. the kingdom of God? So they're kind of looking for those those boundaries, those checklists. I just want to make sure that I got my bases covered in a sense. And that's what we oftentimes do when it comes to, you know, rules and, and different things that we put upon ourselves that we feel like this is going to help me to know that I'm on track. So you're right. The intent can oftentimes be a very good one, but it, again, causes us to really veer away from what the Lord ultimately has for us. And we begin to add things like, like you said, the Pharisees, you know, a lot of it was based on their own, you know, traditions and oral law that they had that went beyond what the simple law of God was stating. So when they are opposing Jesus, they're opposing Jesus on all these things that weren't really issues of the law, but they had all these safeguards around them. They thought this is what's going to make me right with God and acceptable to God. And that's what, you know, is really the the problem here is that 
I think for us, we, I've often said, you know, at church that the default position of our heart is out of religion. And that means that we oftentimes fall to a place where we feel like we've got to apply these things to keep us kind of safeguarded. And we easily move from just the things of the spirit, trusting the grace of God to begin to move into a religious sort of attitude by which Mm -hmm. we think this is what's going to, again, garner my favor with God. And that's when it gets weird. Like it's okay to put safeguards and protect yourself in a sense. But now once you start to say, hey, this is actually how I'm going to, again, the social credit score, I'm going to get favor. and Yeah. Yeah. I I think every one of us, there's a, there's a legalist within us. Yes. I think so too. That wants to kind of, you want a measurement that you yeah. can use. Yep. And so we do it in all sorts of ways. Like I was even just thinking, so we just celebrated our 28th anniversary on yeah. Saturday. Happy anniversary. Yeah. And uh, great right. time and and all of that. But, you know, you'll sometimes hear people say things like, well, you know, you, you got to do a weekly date night with your spouse. And that can be a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get to a point where you say, well, if you're not doing that, I mean, you know, you're... Your right. marriage is in jeopardy or right. or something along the... It becomes a rule that you start yeah. thinking, I have to keep this in order to do this. Yeah. I, I think it's just how we... Yeah. So it, we subtly do it we subtly maybe do even it realizing it. I've gone to an annual date night just so that I keep myself from getting too <laughs> annual. rigid. Annual. Yeah, yeah, just I, to not make it rigid, right? So let's so. talk about license. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so uh, there was a, someone who was watching one of the programs. This is a great example of legalism, the modesty episode. Oh, yeah. Don't you feel like that would have been like, so there, we did a modesty episode about, yeah. you know, summertime, what should we be wearing, what should we not be wearing? And one guy, you know, posted on our social media and just basically said, hey, like any woman that wears any kind of shorts, Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Hmm. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. That seems like a adding a bunch of rules mm-hmm. and saying, like, I don't see in the Bible that if someone wore shorts, they're going to hell. Right. Yeah. We, but, I mean, it's not in there. It's not but, in but there. But it is what we do. We but te- it's a safe, it, you yeah. want to be safe. Yeah. And, and that, that seems like kind of an extreme example, but yeah. I'm actually old enough to remember, you know, days sort of like that. I mean, when I went to Bible college, there were, it was the first year the men were allowed to wear jeans into, you know, chapel, chapel. And the first time women didn't have to wear skirts to chapel. So, you know, those rules may have originated in a desire for modesty, but they became sort of this rigid, arbitrary thing Mm -hmm. in essence. Yeah. We've had, we had a couple guys uh, show up at our church just a couple weeks ago that, um, and these are are known guys around town that have moved around in different circles and they showed up and basically were saying that any ladies wearing pants mm. was, you know, committing a sin yep. and an abomination yep. to God. And uh, of course, you know, they will look at scripture in the Old Testament about, you know, not, you know, women not dressing like men and things like that. But again, when you look at the the context of of where we're at today and so, and you guys addressed all these things in that episode, you did a good job with that. Um, but again, we place such heavy emphasis on, on things that are, are really matters of the heart too, right? Mm. I mean, God doesn't look at the external things, but he looks at the heart. And, and I think really we have to look at, you know, where's our heart in these things? What are we trying to do and exhibit and what are we relying on? And so again, these guys come in, they start saying, you know, ladies need to wear pants and this is all out of whack and, and this is an abomination, um, they're looking at external things that are, again, giving them that sort of favor mm. towards God. And again, it starts out well where we want to be pleasing to the Lord, yes, but totally. when we begin to apply things that are outside of God's word or mm-hmm. in addition to God's word, then we're, we're really, again, adding, adding to the gospel. And that's what these Judaizers were doing. They were moving away from the simplicity of the gospel of grace yeah. and adding things to it, which changed it all altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really the, I mean, that's the real danger of this is, you know, what Paul says is you're deserting Jesus. You're actually a, taking another gospel mm-hmm. as you're, if, if you're, the way you're going to please God is by, the way you're going to earn status with God is by what I do. Yeah. Then it becomes its own religion. And, and I, I grew up, like I grew up with this where I didn't realize the kind of legalizer that I was. And you say, well, I got legalists in this. Yeah. I grew up in a 
in a denomination that uh, had very specific rules on certain things. Like, you know, you didn't kind of go to dances. You didn't uh, drink. You didn't uh, do all these things. You didn't play cards. And there was all the, except Rook. And Rook, <laughs> players, Rook, okay. Rook was acceptable, yes. but other cards, yeah, no good. <laughs> so there was all these rules. And I grew up with this notion that because I don't do these things, I'm more holy than mm-hmm. others that do mm-hmm. those things. I'm more closer to God. And I was kind of seeing these things as bringing me into that favor with God. And I didn't even really realize at the time because I didn't really, I think, know the, just the the beauty and the simplicity of grace, you know? Mm. And so I grew up for a lot of my life looking at all these things that I didn't do as giving me a greater standing with God and greater holiness to the Lord. And again, the intent was, I think, good and honorable, but I was failing to see that I'm simply saved and in a right standing with God because of what Jesus mm-hmm. did. That's it. Yeah. And it's not by what I bring to the table. And I kind of really had to have a real sort of uh, awakening in my life to to see what I was living for and what I was applying in my life that that wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. And I needed just the simplicity of of the grace of Jesus, which mm-hmm. is so wonderful to know and freeing to know. And so I grew up with a lot of that. And I would look down on other people. I would kind of look with real mm. judgment. That's another problem with legalism is yes. that we become very judgmental in our views of other people, what they're doing or what they're not doing in line with what we feel is right. And we get very legalistic um, and judgmental yeah. in these things. And, and that, I gets, was that gets dangerous, man. In that category. Yeah, yeah. it's I see very a lot dangerous. Of, I see people who are like becoming so legalistic, they're just canceling people yep. right? Yeah. all the yep. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's looked differently in different times in history, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there was that sort of, you know, it's an American thing, but there was that, you know, you could kind of reduce it to don't, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't yeah. date girls who do. That was like an average that was her, yeah. right? So those are the things you avoid. And as long as you avoid those things... Yeah. You're good with God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nothing about the heart, nothing about the free gospel of grace. Yeah, it's just um, your works and what you do. Yeah. And what you don't do. Fascinating. And I wonder, like I was just talking to someone and they were just mentioning at their church, you know, dancing, all that stuff is like a sin and all these things. Sure. They're just so a KJV only. Every other version is a sin mm-hmm. and like just very extreme. And and they were just saying, like, you know, they feel like they're Faith and their love for God has diminished mm. significantly. Their words, yeah. exactly. It has diminished. So they're trying to love God, yeah. but they actually feel like their relationship has gone. Yeah. yeah. So I was at a wedding like a number of years ago now, and I've told this story to our church, but there was a day I did a lot of weddings because I used to teach a marriage preparation class. Yeah. And so I'd go to these weddings. I wouldn't necessarily know people at the wedding, just the couple that I, I married. And, you know, I always get placed at different tables and we got placed at a table, my wife and I, with two other couples, uh, one of whom attended church somewhere else, and one of whom was from outside the church. And I remember that night because, um, you know, they, they came around and they said, Does anyone want a glass of wine? And this one couple who was from a different church, I don't know which church they were from, but they're like, oh, no, 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 that's against, or he said, you know, that's against my religion. Mm. And then a little bit later, there was a dance, and, you know, the other couple had said, like, you guys going to dance? And he was like... Oh, no, 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 that's against my religion. And I just thought, well, that's a, interesting. What you've communicated to this non-Christian couple is that your religion consists of, you know, we don't drink wine and we don't dance. And you wonder how that would mm. attract anyone to mm. uh, the gospel of, of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally. And that's why you went out on the dance floor with I, the whole bottle exactly of wine. That's exactly what I wanted to do. And you just busted And you're like, what? Just do this harder. <laughs> it's like, what's his religion? Because I yeah, want to be yeah. a part of that. This is it. That's come, come to my church, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, come yeah. to my church. Communion is wine. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's very interesting. And I wonder, like, you know, segueing into license. Yeah. Well, that takes uh, you kind of there. It, I think. it goes there, and so you know, that's like a it flips. Yeah. So whereas legalism is just like all these extra rules and extra protection safeguards that come from a place of I just want to do right yeah, and right. serve God spirals into, you know, this legalistic where you're judgmental and, you know. And and speaking of that, like you say how it robs people so much of joy mm. and it really does like 
I, I think about, you know, Galatians 5.1, you mentioned Galatians filled with a lot of this context and theme, right? In Galatians, dealing with the Judaizers coming in, but what is, it's a, the theme, you know, Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again hmm. with a yoke of bondage. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that, right? Like, this is what it does. It when you are are not standing just in that liberty and that freedom that we have in Christ and we're getting brought into external things by which we think is going to make us more right with God, it's only bringing us into greater bondage and yeah. robbing us of the joy and the freedom that we're meant to have in Christ. But then like you say, there's a flip side to that, there's right? There's a flip side. So I guess the extreme is like mm-hmm. this crazy extreme kind of legalistic view. Yeah. Then the opposite extreme, oh, fine, like... We can, we're, I could just come as I am and do whatever I, whatever I want. So that's kind of more of the license. So maybe walk through maybe a quick yeah. definition for our viewers of what you mean when you talk about license. Sure. And then maybe we can kind of unpack that together. Okay, well, just to go to that. So Martin Luther uh, used to say that, you know, if a drunk peasant falls off horse on the left side and you help him back up, he's probably going to fall off on the right side. And I think that's our tendency. We mm. overcorrect, right? So you have this tendency towards legalism and you want to do away with that, and you can easily then go, well, then there are no rules. It's that kind of, yeah, sometimes referred to as antinomianism, which is there is no law that applies to me. I'm just going to live in grace. That means I can do whatever I want to do. Um, and that's that's the danger. That's really what license is. It yeah. is that you take your freedom and you use it for, you think that gives you a license to do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, and that obviously gets risky very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> Speaking yeah. about the luau party. The luau, yes. yes. We won't go there, though. <laughs> We've repented. Um, but yeah, I, and I think so that's certainly uh, a potential that people have when they begin to walk in that, in that freedom that we have in Christ, and we really do. But again, um, our, our heart should always be, we want to be, pleasing to the Lord, right? Mm. We understand the grace that was given to us to save us. We understand what Christ went through to pull us out from a life of uh, of sin and death. And he's, he's delivered us, redeemed us from the pit. And so now our lives aren't meant just to be lived for ourselves yeah. and for our own pleasure. Our lives are meant to be lived to the glory of God. And so yeah. that always needs to be the thing that again is is guiding us and, and guarding us. It's not applying law now. It's about saying, I want to walk in love to the one that's shown me the greatest yeah. uh the greatest gift of love ever. Yeah. I want to return that love to him because he deserves it all. He's worthy yeah. of my life being lived in devotion yeah. and praise and to the glory of God. And that's what needs to to guide us and guard us. It's not mm-hmm. to say Oh, we've been delivered to just live our life now and have at it. No, we've been delivered to live to the glory of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's that's really good. a misunderstanding of grace, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul, you know, Paul talks a lot about grace in the New Testament, and he will say, I mean, in Romans chapter six, after he's kind of expounded this idea of grace, he will say, mm-hmm. you know, well, what shall we say then? Mm-hmm. If 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 you know, the more you sin, the more grace abounds then what should we say? Shall we just continue to sin so that grace might abound even more, right? That would be the the wrong understanding of grace. That's a cheap kind of grace that just says, yeah. just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a real danger, I think, for yeah. people to fall into. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, the other day I took my family. This is a story of like very much where you see like license and legalism together. So where I was being accused of living with no rules. Mm. So we went, I took my family to this like beautiful farm. It's like this crazy orchard with like rows and rows of different apples and pears and plums and whatever. Anyway, so I, all of us go down this one honey crisp lane to get some apples and it's this long, long row. And then by the time we get to the end of the row, we realized there was a yellow rope that was blocking that row on the one side, but it, there was no rope on the back. So we just assumed it's our first time there. We're just trying to figure it all out. So we're walking and we get to the end of the rope. I'm like, oh no, like this row, and we're picking apples, we're doing whatever. And we realize, oh no, this row was closed. Like we got to get out of here. So I lift the yellow rope and kind of get my wife and kids under and a family's walking by and I'm wearing my in doubt hoodie. And so they're seeing the back of me where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, all grace, all truth, all the time, John chapter one, whatever. Yeah. 
And so I'm like getting my kids illegally out of this rope that's blocked off. And it's blocked off because the apples aren't ripe yet. If I saw the yellow rope, do you think I'd want to have... Anyways, so yep. they're all coming and this family walks by, the grandkids and kids, and he looks at me, he's like, you call yourself a Christian. And they all just <laughs> stare at me no way. and walk by and they're just like, and I'm just like, like... Why would I? And they, they're not ripe apples. That's why it's blocked. Like, do you think I want to go and get apples and pay <laughs> right. 50 bucks for disgusting apples? So, sir, if you're watching, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Go. He's probably not. But I tried to tell him, hey, there's no rope on the other side. But here he is thinking, wow, you call yourself a Christian. Right. You're breaking all these rules and just being such a. Right. And here's this maybe potentially rule based. Mm -hmm. Wow, mm -hmm. you're not going to have favor with God now that right. you're eating unripe honey crisps. True. Yeah. Right. But I think there's a lot of people who like the license thing is a big deal. So now like, so legalism is an issue. Yeah. And sometimes people who are drawn to license, they label anything that calls for holiness or for obedience as legalism. Right. So, you know, there are clear commands to us in scripture. So, yeah. you know, clear commands about sex and its purposes. And it's between, you know, one man and one woman in the context of marriage. And so if you talk about that with someone, I mean, I said, I used to teach this marriage preparation yeah. class and you know, that was one of the things we would talk about that sex is to be reserved and saved for marriage. That's not legalistic. In fact, to go against that is license. It's turning your freedom into licentiousness, which yes. is what Jude talks about. So I think that's why you have to, you have to make sure that you don't swing from legalism to license, I can just do whatever I want. There are clear calls to holiness and right living and yeah. pleasing God. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, huge. and every one of those, like you say, are God's, you know, ideal for us to enjoy this blessed, abundant life that he has for us. It's right. not to be restricting. It's not to be a test to us. It's something that he says, here's what's going to ensure you living this life to the the greatest blessing that I have for you, right? It's mm -hmm. God's ideal for us to walk in that fullness and abundance of life. And so these are all, all good things that we do not to, again, garner favor to try to, you know, pass the test. It's those that we do because we know this is what's going to ensure me to live that life of greatest blessing and freedom, right? And so yeah. the Bible oftentimes, like you brought up, licentiousness. I mean, that's where we get the idea of license from, right? It's like moving into this place that's just involved in 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 sin, and it's going uh, across that line. It's missing the mark that God has for us. But I think about, you know, liberty. I mean, that's where Galatians uses that term, liberty. It's that this is what God has for you. He wants you to walk in the freedom and the blessing mm -hmm. and the liberty that he has for us. And so let's be sure that we're doing that in the way that God commands us to do it for our good, ultimately. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I feel like even transitioning into liberty, so we've talked through legalism, we've talked through that opposite end of the pendulum of license where we kind of get extreme the other way. Liberty, would that be like, um, not necessarily a blend between the two, but it's like you're having, you know, things that you want to do and there's righteous living, but we fall and we screw up and we get up and there's a it's a place where... We want to do good. We're not perfect people, but we get up because of the grace. It would would you say that's? Yeah, I don't know that it's just. I mean, so if you look at it, you know, if you if you look at sort of legalism and license as like the two ditches mm -hmm. on either side mm -hmm. of the road, I would say it's a highway, right? It's the it's freedom that we have. That's mm -hmm. the that's the road yeah. we're supposed to walk in. The freedom we have in Christ, and you can make mistakes, fall into either ditch on on either side of that. Um. Liberty, though, is, I mean, it's, it is, it is pleasing to God to express and to live yeah. out our Christian liberty. Um, but again, we have to make sure when we, when we talk about what liberty is, it's not something that violates what scripture says, right? That's, right. that's the thing. So we have a, you know, I, I work with a group that uh, trains pastors for expositional preaching and, and there's a line in there, uh, you know, kind of a motto of like keeping to the line. So, the line is the text, and if you go above the line, you're adding to it, and if you go below the line, you're subtracting to it. And this is, I think, the errors of legalism and license. The That's line great. itself is the freedom that we have. And so I would say what the Bible tells us, you know, we ought to do and can do 
we ought to take great joy in those things. Mm-hmm. And what the Bible tells us, you know, not to participate in, then that's... So you, your example of shorts is like, that's not a biblical command. Right. Why would I take on excess guilt about that? Yeah. It's not in scripture. That is adding or going above the line. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, you know, kind of that sort of... Like, I like country music, Okay. Okay, we'll Love be right it. back oh, after these oh messages okay. from. Okay, uh, so um, that we'll be right back after these yeah. messages from. So, so here's the deal, though. There's kind of a country Christian, right? Like, there's, you know, God is infused in lots of these songs, but it's interesting. You know, you can sing about, you know, Jesus in in one line, and then you can sing about, you know, knocking back whiskey and having Painted lots of women in the next, right? And so, Dixie cups. It, that's that's license. That's that's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about Christian liberty. So basically, country music is a sin. Terrible. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, we're not saying that. We're my not, my okay. wife loves country music. <laughs> That's a different Attic episode. Girl. Yeah. My like, kids, my kids love. I don't know where they got it from. It didn't come from me or my wife, but my kids love country music. It's the world, music. man. It's the world. It's the world. <laughs> it's They've the world. fallen into licentiousness. <laughs> I'm not no. going to say it's my kids' fault, but it. it might, <laughs> I think it might be. It could be their influence. That's yeah. it. Got to stop hanging crazy. out with the Francois. <laughs> my wife so, would always have JRFM as oh, our alarm right? clock in the morning, oh. and I told her, "I'm like, how do I wake up to new mercies yeah. if this is no? That's right. This yeah. is terrible. Oh man, I'll be praying for you. Yeah. So with with liberty, I think, and and yeah, I think what you said there, Lee, was was right on, um, except for the country music part, but yeah. everything else is really good. And and I think with liberty, when we look at you know what are we talking about? What does this mean exactly for the believer? I think really in a nutshell, what we see oftentimes in scripture is that we recognize with the liberty we have now in Jesus, the freedom we have in Jesus now, we realize that the things that we uh, do or partake in aren't the things that are necessarily, again, saving us or commending Mm -hmm. us to God. It's what, uh, because in this day, I mean, there were a lot of things that they were looking at that were going to be good or wrong, especially coming out of, you know, the law and into now the new covenant uh, things like food now were being acceptable. Things that they they partook of now wasn't going to alter their standing with God in a sense. And so, you know, Paul would say in in First Corinthians eight, he says, "But food does not commend us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse." Mm-hmm. And so I go, that's that's the liberty right there, where mm-hmm. we recognize these things aren't going to cause us to be sent to hell or alter our relationship with God. So whatever you do, and then and then he would say in Romans um, 14, he would say, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord. So whether we're sacrificing, dying to certain things or living to those things, whatever we do, we're doing it to the Lord. We are the Lord's. And so in everything that we do, we recognize this thing doesn't, commend us to God. This thing doesn't take us away from God apart from what he clearly says in his word. So let's be clear on that mm-hmm. too. There are certain things that the Lord, again, as, as Lee pointed out, that scripture is very clear in, in yeah. commanding us to. Yeah. And we do those things not because now it's that's going to save us. We do it because we love the Lord. And this is what he desires mm-hmm. for us, for our ultimate blessing. But now we go with the liberty we have in Christ. We don't have to fit ourselves under such a rigid kind of structure by which we are worried about, is this going to mm-hmm. alter my relationship with the Lord? Is this going to change my uh, my relationship with the Lord? If we can do those things and do them unto the Lord and to the glory of the Lord, then mm-hmm. we have the liberty and the freedom to do that. Yeah, that's so good. That's mm-hmm. so good. Such a good I word. Think, I think, you know, just a, one more thing to say about liberty is when we talk about liberty, because it's, a, I mean, it's a good word, freedom, right? Like yeah. the, the imagery of the New Testament is so often that we were slaves yeah. and now we've been set free. But it's good for us to explore, you know, what is the nature of the freedom that we have in mm. Christ? What does it look like? Mm. And I think it's helpful when we think about salvation to think about sort of that we are, there's a salvation from something and there's a salvation for something. Mm-hmm. So when we think about salvation from, that means, you know, we are saved from the wrath of God. Um, but also we are set free from not just the penalty for sin, but also the power of sin. It means mm. we're set free in such a way we don't have to be dominated by the sinful nature. So there's a there's a tremendous freedom that mm-hmm. we ought to understand in our salvation. Yeah. But also we are set free for something. Our salvation is for something. So Paul will say, like Galatians, we've talked about quite a bit, but he will say, you know, 
For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, Mm. but through love serve one another. And so it's the kind of freedom we have where we can actually, now I can serve you. Uh, I have freedom to serve. That's that's one aspect of the Mm. freedom that we have. It's not just... Can I indulge in this or can I indulge in that? It's what do I use my Christian freedom for? Yeah. yeah, wow. And that's and that's where Paul, you know, talks about that law of love. It's it's really love, love for the Lord and love for one another. That's to guide us now in the liberties we have. So though one believer might have a certain liberty, they recognize there might be somebody else that doesn't really have that same kind of liberty. Then maybe they got a different conviction over that, and uh, and so our love for one another causes us to say, I'm going to maybe, you know, act out or, 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 you know, live a different way for the sake of my brother. And ultimately, again, to do that, which pleases the Lord, love for the Lord, mm-hmm. love for one another, which is to really drive us in our freedoms and our liberties. Yeah. And I think that whole, like you read a little bit from Romans 14. I mean, that's one of the uh, passages mm-hmm. that addresses that, but also first Corinthians eight to 10, yeah. that's the whole, uh, you know, huge. food offered to idols. Can I participate in this or can I not? Lots of discussion in there about what freedom looks like and how we should think about freedom and liberty. I think those are good yeah. uh, good places to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we bring it to 2023 today, how do we, you know, what words of wisdom would you guys give to, you know, a young person who's listening who might be more on the kind of legalistic approach to life? What What would be some things you would coach them on? I think first and foremost is their relationship with God to understand that that is the basis for Mm -hmm. everything. So even if you go back to the Old Testament, if you look at Exodus chapter 20, where you find the 10 commandments, right? Before you get that first commandment, what it says is, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of slavery. Mm. Uh, So the very first thing is a relational component to that, that the reason we live out those Mm. commands is because we've been set free. So start with your relationship with God. That's the thing of utmost importance. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I I would say to those people that are maybe struggling in that area, relax. (laughs) Yeah, Relax, because like Lee says, the Lord has done it all for us. Mm. Um, And and simply just learn to, to live in that loving relationship with God who has done it all for us through his son, Jesus Christ. He's... He's saved us by his grace. It's through faith in him that we are saved and right with God and and nothing else. Yeah. It's not by what we do. And so again, like I said, that default position of our heart oftentimes is religion where we feel like we've got to bring something to the table. We've got to do something by which, you know, God goes, Okay, all right. Now yeah. you've now you've kind of mm-hmm. passed that test. Now you've done it. Now you no, we recognize we can bring nothing to the table. Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags, the mm-hmm. Bible tells us. So there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do. And that's oftentimes what's driving that attitude of legalism mm-hmm. is that we're trying to be right, made righteous before God. He's done it all. Relax. Enjoy the grace of Jesus, but live to yeah. the glory of God. Yeah, it's really good. And it's important because I think a lot of people, um, it's hard to wrap your head around that because you feel like you have to contribute yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I just, what's free? Nothing's free. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just hard for them to that's the way grapple our, with it. That's the way our world operates. We do have a hard time with grace. I've had a hard time with grace, you know, yeah. uh, growing up in my life because I, I, it was, it's so foreign to us. This, yeah. The grace of God, we don't see that oftentimes, just everything's based on a, a works reward yes. kind of level in our society, in our culture. So grace for a lot of people is so foreign. We have a hard time with it. Yeah. And that's why we need to just relax and surrender and be thankful for the amazing grace of God. Mm-hmm. And even like social credit, like, you know, <laughs> score that's happening. Yeah. You do good things, you get rewarded yeah. for it. This mm-hmm. is just like our natural, like right. this is what we need to do. So it's like when it comes to your faith, it's like, how does that not apply? Right. Like that's everything else in life. Right. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah, and that's Paul. I mean, Paul's word to the Galatians is, look, you started by grace. Yeah. Wh- why do you now think you're being perfected by works, works of the yeah. law? That's so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, foolish Galatians, you yeah. would say. I, like, I love that, right? It's like, start out well, but... And that's, and that's uh, a real warning for all of us as believers, where we start out this way, 
Mm. But then something happens where we begin to think, okay, now we've got to sort of try to manage it, add to it, mm -hmm. work for it. And it's something that happens along the way that wow. again, the enemy wants to get in and, yeah. and try to, you know, deceive and trick and make you think that God can't accept you just as you are, you've got to earn it. And it's something that comes on the way that us Christians need to really be guarded of and continue mm -hmm. in the sweetness of grace. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I had a friend who uh, came to church with me on Sunday and um, he's new believer, just gave his life to the Lord like literally a couple of days ago. It's actually been really cool awesome. to walk with him through mm -hmm. it. It's been so cool. But he reached out to someone um, who he knew was a Christian like a few months ago saying, hey, like I'm, I just need help. I, I need guidance. And this person who's a Christian said, well, first you have to stop doing this, stop doing that, stop, 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 stop. And then you can come to God. Mm -hmm. And it was like rules, 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 all the very almost like legalistic approach of like you can't even come before him until you clean up. Yeah. And I just thought, well, that's, I don't read that anywhere. You come as you are, yeah. and then that that mentality seeps into post salvation and post you know transformation. Okay, I got to keep up with you know doing all these things. Yeah, it gets really dangerous. Yeah, and I think the word there, I mean, is that we do we come as we are, mm -hmm. but we don't no stay. one remains don't stay. where they no. are. Right, yeah. and like I Jesus see, transformed, yeah. but it's Jesus That's who right. does that work yes. of transformation. It's yes. the Spirit living in yes. us that produces those yes. that that change. And, and I watch the change in his life, right? Because right? it's only been two days. Uh -huh. So this just happens. And then, you know, that night we're talking again and he's like, oh man, like someone invited me to this thing and I just have a feeling like, and I can already see the Holy Spirit working mm -hmm. on him. Like he's not going to stay the same as he was the day before. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like there's already this Holy Spirit transformation right. in his life where he's starting to yeah. discern, I don't think it's safe for me to go there. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just really cool to see like. And that's, and that's the key to uh, like, yes, we come as we are. <laughs> but we don't stay as we are. But mm -hmm. we recognize that that's not a work that's done within yeah. ourselves. That's yeah. a work yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, like we were talking on Sunday, uh, as the Pharisees came to John the Baptist, as he's baptizing people, he says, hey, you brood of vipers. Uh, he knew where they were at. He knew their hearts mm -hmm. and that these were legalists trying to uphold the law for a self-righteous uh, act and he said, "Bear fruits worthy of repentance." Right, mm -hmm. and and so there's going to be fruit that's going to come from a life that's truly surrendered and yielded to the Lord. But it's not fruit that we produce; mm -hmm. it's fruit, as Jesus says, "Just abide in the vine, yeah. abide mm -hmm. in me, and, and you're you going to bear fruit. fruit. You will yeah. bear fruit. Yeah. It comes very yeah. naturally, but supernaturally by just being connected to Jesus. Yeah. So if we truly are." in Christ, we love him, mm -hmm. we want to live for him, we've received the grace of God, fruit is going to come, it's going to, yeah. it's going to be a work of the mm -hmm. Lord, it's not us. We yeah. don't produce the fruit, Jesus produces the fruit, but that'll inevitably come as we abide in him. And that's what you said when we said, okay, we can, if we can give yeah. advice to someone who is, you know, in that, on yeah. that side of the ditch, it's like, hey, relational, like just yeah. abide. Abide in the vine and you'll, yep. you will bear, yeah, you will. not you might, but you, you will bear good fruit. That's right. Yeah. 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 And what about the opposite ditch? What about someone who's watching today who's like, you know what? I got freedom in Christ. I can do whatever the heck I want and just repent and move on. Yeah. I mean, I think you need to take a serious look at what Jesus says mm -hmm. about obedience, right? Jesus is really clear. Like, if you do not obey my commandments, you're mm -hmm. not one of my children. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there is a, while we don't earn God's favor that way, it is the natural outflow of a a heart that's truly changed is that yeah. we we obey what Jesus commands us to do. And that's how we make disciples, right? We're to go mm -hmm. into all nations and we're to teach them to obey everything Jesus has commanded. So I would say, you know, don't make the mistake of just going, oh, that's just legalism or that's, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. I, I think that's just, it's the, it shows the wrong heart already. That yeah. when, if you're asking the question, you know, how much can I do? Or you know, I, I think you're already starting from uh, right. from the wrong place. Right. I think you want to be asking that question of, now that I have God's spirit living in me, how do I live a life that's pleasing to God? And there's lots of instruction about mm -hmm. holiness and striving for holiness as Christians. Yeah, being a Christian does not mean we're free to live how we want. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the line that people cross where they think, oh, I'm saved. Great, I'm in, I'm in, he's done the work, great, I can just do what I want now. Mm -hmm. And that's where they err into license. And so 
being a Christian doesn't mean we're free to do what we want. We now have the opportunity and freedom now to live for the Lord. That's the mm-hmm. that's the greatest calling we can have is just mm-hmm. to live in Christ and mm-hmm. to live for the glory of God. That's the the best thing that we could ever do because that's fulfilling the will of God. And so now that we're in Christ, like you said, our desire should be we want to obey him, we want to serve him, be surrendered to him, and we want to we want to honor him through mm-hmm. our lives. And so if we're not doing that, if we're seeing in our life that we're just kind of doing what we want, we're we're looking for opportunities just to gratify our own desires. Well, that that kind of shows that are you really truly mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Christ? Mm-hmm. And I think too, I mean, so if you think of it's always a package, right? When you when you actually read the letters of the New Testament, there's always this package deal. So hmm. Ephesians chapter two, it's a familiar, hmm. you know, couple of verses. Paul will say there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then he goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, Mm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Mm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's it. So that's it, right? You were not saved by our works. It's the gift of God, but we are saved unto good works. That is, we're gonna. That's how we're gonna walk. That's the pattern yeah. of living in our lives. Yeah, yeah, it's good, so good. And that kind of just ties in all of it, and kind of ends with this liberty of just like, man, that is so hopeful. Yeah, there's so much peace. There's right. so much joy. There's so much rest. Like when you think of legalism, like, hey, relax. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. When I read that Ephesians two. It's yeah. just easy to relax, mm-hmm. not to relax and just say I'll do whatever, but to relax and say, oh, okay, God, you've got me. Yes, yeah. you've saved me, and now I have the privilege and honor and responsibility to move in faith and do good works for your glory. That's right. And to Amen. point people to you. That's so yeah. good. That's right. It's awesome. awesome. Um, okay, so why don't you walk us through a little bit, kind of throughout history, uh, the different ditches and what kind of mm-hmm. happened throughout the the church's history? Okay, so. 2,000 years of church history. Right? You got we have it. a lot. We got 15 minutes. We got 15 minutes. <laughs> Why not? Um, okay, well, I mean, in the early church, it really was the the tension for the Christian. A lot of it had to do with how much of the law of Moses you had to keep, right? I mean, this is, that was the Judaizers. The book of Hebrews is all about that stuff. So in the early church, that's really how it manifested itself was... Uh, in regards to the law of Moses, what are we bound to keep from there and and what are we free not to and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at other points in history, it looked differently. So like in the Middle Ages, um, you know, there's a long stretch of history, yeah, right? Totally. I mean, you basically, that's really where you had traditions develop. Mm-hmm. And those traditions became the things that people would measure your spiritual, social credit by or yeah. your standing with God by. Did, yeah. Do you hold to these traditions. I think within evangelicalism is where you got a lot of the, what we might call arbitrary rules, things Brent referred to, you know, playing cards or dancing or uh, those sorts shorts. of this shorts or, you know. <laughs> it's a biggie. You know. And that stuff, it, I think it has kind of a lingering effect um, on people's, and every, every age we kind of recreate hmm a set of arbitrary rules that we think these are the things you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And again, as I said, it is one of the easiest things for us to do because it gives us a checklist. Mm-hmm. And when we have a checklist, we can say, well, I mean, I did my devotions, mm-hmm. you know, put a check mark by that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I served, I volunteered, I went to church, you know, you, you get a sense of checklist and you can feel like now I'm right with God. Mm. Now, those are all good things to do. I mean, you ought to spend time in the Word on a regular basis. You ought to be fellowshipping with believers. We're commanded to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of those things are going to actually give us favor with God. They're, they should be the outflow of our lives. License, I think you've seen, um, I think you just have to go back to the early church. Mm-hmm. When you read the the letter of 1 Corinthians, mm-hmm. I mean, so much of it is is license, right? So there's things you shouldn't have. There's divisions. There's drunkenness even during the communion meal. Mm-hmm. There's sexual immorality that takes place. So if you want to kind of get a sense of like what license looks like, just read First Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. It's a it was a yeah. wild church. Yeah. These are people rescued by the yeah. grace of God, trying to figure out how do I live out this grace without, you know, shipwrecking myself. Yeah. 
And do you think, you know, because Paul addresses it. Yeah. How should one, if someone's watching who's like, you know, fully devoted on the right path and sees someone that they love that is on one of the other sides, how should we address it like Paul would? Obviously, we won't write them a letter. Right. Well, I mean, I think there's, you know, again, I think we're actually given really clear biblical guidelines on yeah. how to address these things, right? So, I mean, Jesus will say, you know, look, don't don't look at the speck in your brother's yes. eye when you've got a huge plank in your yeah. own. And so you can have your list and say, man, you shouldn't be wearing yeah. shorts or whatever mm-hmm. your thing might be. But, you know, you've been harsh with your spouse. Yeah. You've been, there, there's all sorts of, there's issues of your heart around lust and greed and and those things. So I think making sure it all your comes own back heart to, is yes. right, yeah. right? You start yeah. with your heart and mm-hmm. you and it should it should come out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just really uh, people need to check their motives in their heart like what is it that's driving you to take a certain position or stance? Um is your motive thinking that uh, yeah, God's going to be more pleased with me hmm. by doing so. Um, is this going to, again, like we said, garner that favor with the Lord? Or is my motive just, I want to do this because uh, I just, you know, want to please the Lord. I want to live that, you know, life separate unto the Lord. What's our motive behind these things? And our motive then, if it's just, you know, to honor the Lord, serve the Lord, I think there's going to be less of a judgmental attitude in you know, when we see that in other mm. people or don't see that in other people, mm-hmm. if we're thinking again, this is happening, I'm doing this because uh, of how it's going to be perceived by the Lord, then we look oftentimes more judgmental than other people because then they should be doing it too. But again, just checking our motives yeah. in our heart, you know, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Because again, when we come at things from that basis of there's nothing I can do to be more right with God, he's already done it all. And now I just want to serve him and live a life that's surrendered in love and honor of him. And so uh, when that's the basis, then again, we know that there's nothing that we're doing that's going to up that or add to it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think when you're dealing with a person who's maybe on the going the other way into license, right? We, we have instruction about that too. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to Galatians again in chapter six, Paul's going to say, look, if, if, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual should restore them mm. with gentleness, mm-hmm. but, you know, take heed lest you too fall. So there's an idea that we go in there in a, you know, you do need to go in as a loving brother or sister. Yeah. And, yeah. and your goal should be, restoration to bring them back. You know, it's bringing back an erring brother or sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do so also knowing, you know, there but for the grace of God yes, go I. Like, and just understanding that, you know, that is a, a genuine temptation or trap that they're caught in. And I want to help them out. And as I do that, I want to make sure I don't fall into that same, yeah. same trap. Yeah, we want to be, yeah, conducting ourselves in grace, like you say, recognizing the grace that I've been given. I'm no different than that person. That person may have, have, have sinned or erred in a way that maybe I haven't, but I'm every bit uh, yeah. prone to sin as that yeah. person is. And it's the grace of God that saved me. So we come in grace, not judgment, mm-hmm. uh, not harshness. We come in grace knowing that we've been given grace and we walk side by side with those people to see them, like you say, restored mm-hmm. and and walking with the Lord. So. And you mentioned that with like, you know, someone who's on that ditch of license. Would we do the same thing with someone who's in the ditch of legalism? Graciously? Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing, right? Because I think it's one of those things we might not even realize it about ourselves that we've fallen into this pattern of of legalism or or the checklist thing. And I mean, yeah, it always takes gentleness to kind of point that out to a person. Yeah. That's so good. Um... But all these answers are in the Word for us, and that's what we want to do is point people to what the Mm -hmm. Word of God says, not what we feel, not what we think, not what is just our conviction. It's what does the Word of God say? Mm -hmm. And and there's room, no doubt, for different interpretations. Different people have different convictions on things by which we again say, okay, well, that's your conviction, but don't impose that now on other people. So we Mm -hmm. always want to just line up what's the Word of God say, and use the word of God, not just our own yeah. feelings and convictions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you referred to, I think it was your hoodie 
Maybe yeah. it's the in-doubt slogan. Yeah, yeah. All grace, all truth, all the time. Yeah. Right? That balance of grace and truth yeah. is how we yeah. how we do this. You yeah. know, you Yeah, that's good. You do you need to speak the truth and you yeah. need to do that with Great. grace. Grace. Love and grace. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. And I feel like I feel like it just with legalism, I, as I just reflect on all this, it's just such an easy trap, I think, even for me. It just would be so easy to want to honor God and protect myself and how quickly it could spiral and mm-hmm. turn into this weird judgmental you know, thing. So mm-hmm. this is just a really mm-hmm. good discussion and I think it's really important that we walk through it and just kind of learn the traps, learn the ways out, learn how to connect with people who we see are in traps and again, lots of grace and truth. But I just love how every time I've asked you guys questions, I mean, it's great having two pastors in the room <laughs> that are just you know, seasoned and uh, just they love Old, the Lord. You mean? No, seasoned, <laughs> salty, salty, salty. Yes. Um, but uh, I just love that every answer you guys gave was straight from scripture. Mm. We're not making this stuff up. Right. We're not trying to come up with opinions or what we think it ought to be. No, Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, or Ephesians, or Galatians, or Jude. It's just our answers are all mm. in, like you said, our answers are in the Word of God, and so mm. we need to be in the Word. Um, and to just be washed by the word and to find truth and to find answers. People think it's dated. It's a, you know, that's, it's not the case at all. This right. is relevant. So we talked about church history quickly um, and just kind of talked about some of the ditches. In 2023, what do you think this day and age, the ditches? <laughs> huh. That's a really good question. I yeah. mean, I think, I, I think, in relation to those two, to legalism and license. Yeah, like where do we find ourselves? Well, it's interesting, you know, legalism, again, we've kind of, um, we tend to think of it as, you know, a particularly Christian problem, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. Yeah. Everything we see in our culture around virtue signaling, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff, it's it's a form of legalism. Mm. You know, here's the things I do. You know, here's my carbon footprint. Here I recycle. I do this. Those are like all ways of trying to improve your social credit in a sense, maybe not with God, but just in general, but just for in society. general, yeah. I think it's, yeah. again, there's sort of this checklist. I feel like, you know, that whole idea of self-righteousness that can come with legalism. Self-righteousness is huge today in our mm-hmm. culture. Like I feel morally superior because, you know, this is my view on mm. this and I think that's a, a massive problem that uh, we do need to speak into. Yeah. And and on the other side, then with with license, I think what we see in our in our culture today is I think uh, a potential for for greater license simply because we're seeing more and more people having less and less of a um, a view of the authority of God's word hmm. to where mm-hmm. now they're looking at things in the word going, that's not relevant for today. Yeah. That's not for me today. I can do this. And so, you know, we're seeing things, I think, within young people by which they're permitting things that the Lord doesn't permit. And they're doing so because they feel, well, this is kind of, like you said, outdated. It's mm-hmm. not really applicable right. to me. It doesn't hold the same authority as we once thought. And so people are dismissing the truth of God's word and entering into things that are not of mm-hmm. the Lord and mm-hmm. excusing it by that. So we're seeing the danger today in our in our culture and among uh, young people um, who don't hold that view of the word. We see the danger of them moving into areas of of license that are yeah. in mm-hmm. disobedience to the Lord mm-hmm. and His word. So we're seeing kind of both ditches. Like sure. and like very like they're both very prominent. Right. Nothing new. There's nothing new I under know. the sun, right? No. Yeah. It continues you know, on, but yeah. it continues on in a little bit of a different look yes. to it. But yeah. the yeah. same heart is there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You go all the way back to Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. This is actually where you see the first sort of expressions of legal legalism and license in a sense, because the legalism side was, you know, God gave a clear command, mm-hmm. don't eat from this tree. Mm-hmm. Right. When the woman repeats that to the serpent, what she says is, you know, we're not supposed to to touch it or eat it. I mean, she's already sort of added to God's law. <laughs> she's added it. Right? Yeah. And in the same way, and then you get the license side is, you know, you just fully participate in this thing and you do what you do exactly what God has told you not to do by yeah. eating it. Now, maybe there's something in there because sometimes when we we make God's law or his words seem too restrictive, as she did, 
um, then we're tempted to just discard all of it and mm-hmm. just go the mm-hmm. other direction, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God had given this garden with, mm-hmm. you know, he says, look, <laughs> of any tree of this garden, you may freely eat. So much liberty there. The one. Yeah. So yep. much liberty, so right? Much so liberty much. There. And yet the one they're drawn <laughs> to me? is the one right. you're not supposed have. to have. Yeah. And you know, the reality is we probably all would have done the same. Oh, that middle tree looks yeah, fantastic. No doubt. Right. Yeah. No so doubt. we can't uh, point any fingers, nope. but uh, it's just crazy. The liberty, the amount of liberty that was available. Right. And, and that's was, our situation. We have a, we do, like I said, it's like a highway. I mean, we have yeah. this yeah. tremendous road to travel and yeah. in, in obedience and for yeah. the glory of God and for our enjoyment that's and right. all of that. And yet we get stuck in these ditches mm. that like, why? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So true. So good. Uh, I hope you guys were encouraged today. I mean, I'm very, very encouraged and inspired. And I, I think the more I understand the ditches I see in my own life, just like how easy it is uh, for believers to fall on both sides. And so uh, we hope this is beneficial, that it was a blessing to you. And uh, if you're on one of those ditches, hop on the highway. Highway to heaven? Amen. Should we, we should we outro yeah. with a highway <laughs> to <go>. heaven? <laughs> Grab my mega guitar? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but we hope this was a great resource for you. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, uh, Lee, for being with us. Thank you, Brent, for being on Third Chair. Thank you, Chris. You don't see Marcus. He's back there, and he makes this all happen, at least visually. So thank you, Marcus, as well. But have a great day. We'll see you next week.